Alrighty, here we go. Eat, sleep, and sports, right? Episode one, huh? A little excited? I'm a little nervous, huh? Not gonna lie to you. But, uh, I'm gonna do it a little solo dolo today. No guest. Uh, I thought I should probably maybe do a podcast or two by myself, get this thing kind of figured out before I start bringing somebody on here to do this with me, you know? But, uh, we got a lot of stuff to talk about. Uh, we're going to start off with a little finals recap. NBA finals, got to dig into that. You'll learn now. I'm a big Boston fan, big Celtics fan, yeah. I like all the Boston teams. Patriots, Bruins, the New England Revolution, Red Sox, you name it. I love my Boston teams. Uh, we'll also talk about Kevin Durant and what's going on there, his situation, uh, the Nets situation in general. It's kind of a kind of a clown show over there. But I think it could get interesting this upcoming season. Bill Russell, RIP, Celtics legend, and uh the hardest dude to ever rank all time. Very confusing. Brittany Griner, of course her situation is tough as well. We'll dig into that a little bit. On the uh football side, you know, you got that Deshaun Watson verdict, I guess we'll call it. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Uh, new quarterbacks, we'll talk about all. I mean, there's a lot of teams this year uh, who are going to be going into the season with some brand-new quarterbacks, and we'll talk about expectations from all those people. Uh, I'll give you my three picks for the Super Bowl, who I think are the three teams most likely to win it, and then uh, I'll give you a prediction for my team, the Patriots, and how I think they're going to do this year. Okay, so the... 2021-2022 Boston Celtics. What a year, right? These guys start out 18 and 21. And at this point, I'm not interested in NBA anymore, right? We're three games under 500. This is my team. We're not good. 10 seed at the time, I believe, is the lowest we were at this point. And uh yeah, I was really into college basketball, you know. I'm always I'm always into college football and college basketball before I pay attention to NFL and NBA, although I love all of them. I I just love the college sports, and when my team is this far under 500, I'm not going to lie, I started paying attention to college a lot more. I was watching maybe two NBA games a week, but uh, at some point we decided to flip the switch, turn it around, went from three games under 500, 10 seed in the East, to end in the season 51 and 31, 20 games over 500, and second in the East going into the playoffs, right? Here's another thing I didn't know. The Celtics actually have the longest active playoff streak among any NFL, or NFL, huh? NBA franchise after the Trailblazers didn't make it this last year. The Trailblazers had been making it, I believe, since 2013, but streak obviously ended this past year. And we made it, and I guess now we have the longest active streak. I did not know that. That actually kind of surprised me. But, uh, yeah, so we uh, end the year as the second seed. And uh, not going to lie, going into the playoffs, I was not very confident, you know. Yes, we had just gone on this big run. We're hot right now. But you got the Nets, who just uh, got the seventh seed in the playing tournament, right? 
yeah, they didn't have the best record and they had to go into the playing tournament to get in. But let's not forget Kyrie didn't play for a great portion of the season. Kevin Durant was practically out there doing it by himself because James Harden wasn't interested anymore. Eventually he got traded. But, you know, now they actually have a semi-decent team. Uh, They were actually kind of playing well. Not necessarily hot, but they were starting to play well. Kyrie and KD, that's enough to, you know, put fear into any fan base. You have those two going side by side. If they're actually getting along and not being head cases at the time, that's scary. And I was not happy as a two seed having to go into first round playing these guys. But, luckily, we got the brooms out, baby. Swept them boys. They didn't want anything. It felt even better that uh, they had Kyrie. I'm not going to lie. I'm not necessarily salty about Kyrie leaving. I think it was better for our team in the long run because that dude is a head case. But him coming out telling us he's going to resign for a max contract and then leaving. And then the first time he comes back to Boston, he wants to go and stomp his foot on Lucky. You know, the the logo for the Boston Celtics. It's just petty. You're just being petty, bro. And so it was. It was. It felt good to sweep your ass. <laughs> Not gonna lie. Um, then we had the Bucks series. What a series. What a series. Uh, going into Game Six, we're down three two. I. Uh, I'm not gonna lie. I thought for sure that we were definitely going to Milwaukee, and uh, ending our season. I did not think we would win that game. Somehow we win that game away. And then come home and finish them in game seven. I will admit, if they had Chris Middleton, I do not think we win that series. But luckily, he was not available this year. And my Celtics advance to the Eastern Conference Finals where we play this, the Heat and uh, essentially do the same thing. Game six, this time, is at home um, because they were the one seed, right? And we win that. But then we have to go away for game seven. And I thought Miami would pull off the game seven at home. Didn't happen. NBA Finals. My Boston Celtics, here we come. Right? Uh, We're playing the Warriors. Shoot. I knew how this series was going to end. Even after winning game one, I, uh, I didn't really get my hopes up. Because, you know, I'm a Patriots fan. I know what it takes to make a dynasty. I know what a dynasty looks like. Not trying to brag or nothing, but... The Warriors got a dynasty over there. Uh, Steph knows what he's doing. Draymond knows what he's doing. The the people around them, they've learned from them. The whole organization in general, they got something going there, some good culture. Uh, they they find talent. They build them there. They're not, you know, out here trading or for a super team and stuff like that. You know, they, they, they got something going over there. And I knew even after game one, we were not going to win that series especially when you got Jason Tatum over here thinking that he is literally Kobe Bryant. I don't know what that was about. The uh I think it was the Bucks series when he first kind of sh- started showing signs of it. He uh it was either the Bucks or the Heat series. Game 7 sent a text out to Kobe saying I got you today. I thought it was pretty cool. You know, I knew Kobe was a great influence on him. And uh, I didn't think that was over the top. I didn't think it was much. I thought it was some uh, good motivation for him, maybe, you know. But then he went too far, you know. Got to the finals, and you could tell he was trying to play like Kobe. He's out here, turnovers, left, right, left, right. Playing a completely different style from what he played during the season. And now our team 
doesn't look nearly as good as it did during the season. Uh, but he's young, you know, and I was happy to just see my team in the finals. Not a lot of fan bases get to experience that. I saw my team win a finals in 2008. So I'm, you know, I'm happy. I'm not upset about that. It was a great season. They're very young, like I said. Bounce back. Uh, we got pretty much the same team. No one really left. Added Gallinari. I thought that was a great, great pickup. He'll slide in and fit in really well. Adds depth. We, we're we going to be so, so deep next year. A lot of great, great people coming off the bench. Uh, I don't believe we had a first-round pick in the draft, but we got this J.D. Davidson guy. I think we got him in the second round. Maybe we just picked him up later. But uh sounds like he had a good a good summer league. I didn't I didn't really watch summer league much. But sounded like he had a good league. And uh yeah, I'm excited. Okay, so let's move on to Kevin Durant and his situation. Request a trade days after Kyrie decides that he wants to come back and resign. So naturally, everybody kind of started thinking, oh, well, you know, maybe there's some beef there, right? I mean, who would do that? He re-signs, and a couple days later, you're going to ask to leave? I assumed he was tired of dealing with immaturity, you know? Kyrie taking days off whenever he wants. He's a part-time NBA player. Didn't get the vaccine. Couldn't play at any of the home games. For much of the season, he couldn't play in any games at all. It's crazy. So I assumed he wanted out of that. Eh, nope. Then he comes out and says that he still wants to play with Kyrie. <laughs> what team is going to take both of you for the price that you guys cost, knowing what they're risking? They just watched you go to Brooklyn and destroy that franchise. They invested so much into you guys, and now you're trying to get out? Yeah, right. No one's taking both of you. And even by yourself, I'm sorry. You're stuck. Kevin Durant is going to start this next season as a Brooklyn net. Because the Nets are asking way too much. I don't know what they offered other teams, but I know when they had trade talks with the Celtics, they tried to get Jalen Brown. Understandable. Star for star. You got to get something back, right? And I'm thinking maybe one other, you know, good role player and a pick. No. They tried to add Derek White, Robert Williams, two great role players. Robert Williams could be a starter. He starts for us. He could start on a, a lot of other teams, I think. Collects a lot of blocks, young, athletic. And then, like, four picks. I'm pretty sure all of them first round. And even if they weren't first round, four picks? Plus those three players? For KD? Next. Nobody, Nobody's going to pay that type of price. And if that's the price that they're asking for, uh, yeah, I think I think that's the reason he's been on the quote-unquote trade block for so long and hasn't even uh hasn't even really gotten much interest from many people a lot of teams are just kind of saying eh we won't we won't even entertain it i thought it was funny that the warriors even the warriors were like nah we just want to we just want a championship we feel good about ourselves Draymond was right he told him we don't need you we won before you we'll win after you that's exactly what happened. Oh, you know KD was mad. Watch, watching the NBA Finals this year, you know he was mad deep down. He was a little salty. And then they're going to go into this season. He's going to be unhappy. 
Kyrie is always unhappy. No one knows what he's got going on. Simmons, is he going to play? I don't know. If he does, is it going to work? Uh, It's crazy. If these three guys went into the season and everybody knew that they were fully invested, had their minds right, that could be a very good team. That could be a that could be a very very good team. But they're just three superstars that are all head cases. And I mean Simmons, I don't know. I can't even say superstar anymore after that playoff performance and then you sit out an entire year. Yeah, you're not a superstar. You probably probably could have got yourself that label, but you're downhill, buddy. And I don't even know what's going on with your two two friends that are trying to get out. So Hopefully you don't get left alone there, Simmons, but I don't even know if you want to play anyway. But I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, their season could go one of two ways. It could be a complete mess, or maybe they come back and actually get their stuff together and do something, because they could, and I think they need to realize that. They want to get out, but there's not a lot of situations you could go to that are going to be better than where you're at if you guys could just Get your stuff together. <laughs> but yeah, I don't think that'll happen. I think this is just a train wreck. Uh, the Nets made a big mistake getting these two. And we're just kind of waiting for it to implode. And I think they are too, hoping that it won't implode. And so I think they're going to go into the season having all three on their roster. And uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens there. And now, legend, GOAT, at least during his time. Bill Russell. You know, we say GOAT for greatest of all time. Well, at one point in time, during his time, he was the greatest. We're talking about someone who pulled in 11 championship rings for one organization. My Boston Celtics. <laughs> City of champions, baby. Um. Anyway, 11 championships in 13 seasons. Ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. I mean, in college, they literally changed the rules because of him. They made the lane wider to try and slow people like Bill Russell down, mainly him. And it didn't work. He's one of four players, him, Magic Johnson, and a couple of names that I hadn't heard of, if I'm being honest with you, to win an NCAA championship and an NBA championship in back-to-back years. The first black coach ever. And just an all-around baller. And so, so clutch. People don't know how clutch this dude was. That's one thing that people bring up a lot when you talk about the greats. How clutch they were. How how well did they play when it mattered most. When you need a W. Who you want. Well. You want this guy. I can tell you that much. In win or go home situations in the NBA. There was 10 game sevens. One game five, because the uh, first round used to be a five-game series back in his time. He was 11-0. and Didn't lose one game that was win or go home. And then, if you include his college career and the M- NCAA tournament, he's 22 for 22 in win or go home situations. This dude wins when it matters most. And I look back at some of those scores... I mean, it's not like... I mean, the Celtics had a very good team. Powerhouse, right? But they had some good series. Some very close games. 
And this dude is pulling down 25, 30 rebounds a game. I mean, he has the he has the record for 40 rebounds in one game. One game. That's crazy. And I know back then it was a little bit more fast-paced. Uh, shooting percentages were not necessarily as good. So there was a lot more opportunities for rebounds. But 40 in a game, dude, think about that. That's 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 nuts. Average over 20 for a season. And like I said, these games, some of them were very close. Went in by two points in game sevens and stuff. A lot of battles with the Lakers. You know? I, I You know, I don't want to say it, but uh, luck them fakers. <laughs> if you know what I mean. But in all seriousness, RIP to the GOAT, Bill Russell. Thanks for all that you did for Celtics Nation and for the game of the game of basketball. Now, moving on to the women's side. We got Brittany Griner and her very, very sad situation. Uh coming f- to I, I don't know if she was coming into Russia or leaving Russia, but uh while flying in or flying out, she was Caught with 0.7 grams of concentrated THC. Which is a very, very small amount for people who don't understand what that is necessarily. uh, Or don't smoke and, you know, no. It's not a lot. And they're giving her nine years, is what she was sentenced to the other day. But uh, it's clear that they're doing this because of, you know, the war on Ukraine and the tension that that has kind of caused between the U.S. and and Russia, because obviously we are very supportive of the of the Ukraine, and I definitely think that that plays a part in this arrest. Uh, I read a story that no more than maybe five six years ago, there was another U.S. citizen, a nineteen year old woman or lady, young lady, who was. Uh, going on a family vacation in Russia with her family and was caught with like 15 grams, I think, of marijuana. So a very large amount compared to what Brittany Griner was was caught with. She had like maybe a $2,000 fine, a couple months of jail, and then essentially was released. But I think because of the way times are now, with someone like Brittany Griner, who they know is uh, a little bit more important to the average U.S. citizen, they decided to keep her and use her as a as a you know as a war prisoner essentially. That's just how it's being treated, and it's very sad. It's hard to see her go through it, and I can understand why you know people are pushing so hard to get her back because it is just very very sad. But I don't know if U.S. is making a mistake with the trade offer that we are offering. They are offering one of our prisoners that was captured here in the U.S. a uh, very very dangerous. Uh, one of the best in the world, uh, arms dealer, dangerous weapons. I, is that is that worth Brittany Griner? I mean, it, it, is it bad that I'm saying this? You know, I don't know. I I think Brittany is a great basketball player. I think it's sad that she was actually over there to play professional basketball during her off season in the WNBA. And was treated this way by the country she decided to go play for. It's it's very sad. But at the same time, this dude is a very dangerous dude and a problem for the rest of the world. And is responsible for lives. So, I don't know. Is there a different way we can make this work out? Or is that the only way we can get her back? I don't know. 
I don't want to get too political with this podcast. It's a very tough situation. I would like to see her come home. And uh, hopefully she does come home without us having to release this dude, who obviously sounds like a, a, a bad person, very bad person. But sometimes you got to do what you got to do. And they did get a hold of her when she probably should have been over there. Yes, she wanted to play professional, but with the things that were going on in the world, maybe she should have kind of thought about it a little bit more. But very sad situation. Now we can shift over to the NFL side. Uh, first topic we'll cover is Deshaun Watson and that six-game suspension that he caught, which I'm sure him and the Browns are absolutely joyful and celebrating and just ecstatic about. I mean, really, six games? We're talking 22 women. 22 women that accused him of sexual assault. 22? And you caught six games? That's crazy. Meanwhile, you got Calvin Ridley, who placed a $1,500 bet, which is probably pocket change to him. I mean, he's he's an NFL player. He was He just got off NFL contract. He has money. Threw down $1,500 on a bet while he wasn't even playing. Wasn't even associated with the team. He was sitting out at the time and caught an entire season suspension. But this dude has 22 sexual assault cases against him. 22? Six games. Outrageous. I think it's crazy. I think the Browns and Sean both caught a break. I think it's... Very sad, honestly, to see something like that happen. It's a bad look on the NFL. It's a bad look on him, of course, but just a bad look on the brand. I I mean, football players already get a bad rap. And then you add this. Not a good look. Not a good look at all. And I wanted to talk about the new quarterbacks playing on new teams, so we might as well just start with Deshaun Watson coming into the Browns. I think this is going to work very, very well in the long run. Uh, I think he's a good fit. They got a lot of good names on offense. Defense might need a little work here and there, but uh, they were recently in the playoffs. Even though the AFC is very stacked, I think that in the long run it'll be a good fit. Might not make it this year with that six-game suspension. If they can come out of those six games, maybe three and three or better, I could see them making the playoffs, but it's going to be tough to bounce back if they're under 500 after those six games. But, yeah, I think looking looking down the road, uh, this is going to be a good fit for Deshaun, good fit for the Browns. I, I, think, it's, I think it's good. Uh, Russell Wilson coming into the Broncos, another one that I think is very good, right? Broncos Nation. Let's ride. <laughs> Let's ride. Cheesy as can get, but watch out for these guys. Uh, I think I saw last year the Broncos were actually top three in points allowed per game, but didn't make the playoffs. And it was the first time in NFL history, I believe, that that happened. Uh, on offense, you could tell they have they have some pieces there. They got some tools, maybe not no big, big names, but they got, you know, some good running back play. The receivers are, you know, they're okay. Sutton and Judy are doing their thing over there. And uh, I think last year was just kind of clear they didn't have the quarterback that could put them over the top in a lot of those games. Uh, and the Broncos are always dealing with injuries. Like, I got a buddy that's a big Broncos fan, and 
it's crazy how many injuries they go through on a year-to-year basis. <laughs> I don't know. I laugh at him, but it is sad to see. And uh, if they stay healthy and Russell's doing his thing, watch out. Very, very tough division. Toughest division in the league this year, but they could be a problem. They could definitely be a problem and surprise some people. Matt Ryan, he's going over to the Colts. Uh, old guy, you know, veteran, been in the league for a while. I think he'll do okay over there. They uh, they got some solid football. Very like that's your that's your team that you think of when you think of just an overall decent squad. Like they don't excel in any area, but they're also not necessarily depleted in any area. They don't have much weaknesses. Just your your overall average team in every area, but a good squad. He could take them to the playoffs. I wouldn't be surprised if he did. Not necessarily expecting it. But I think that's a good place for him to go to end his career. And I think it's I think it's a decent fit for the Colts. If they uh, are just looking to make the playoffs, they're not going to win anything. But, you know, not bad. Not bad. The Steelers situation, kind of a mess. They got a, that rookie, Kenny Pickett. He uh, played at Pittsburgh, so I think that's kind of cool that they drafted him. So it's kind of a, you know, a local dude. A lot of the fans probably watched him play for Pittsburgh for a couple of years there. I think he started maybe three years, two years, and then, you know, gets drafted for their team. That's kind of cool. He also got uh, Mitchell Trubisky over there, who I've never been high on. I think he's garbage. I wouldn't be surprised if they ended up starting him, but I don't think that's the uh, move. And uh, Mason Rudolph, who I think would be the third string in most situations, I think this is kind of a Pickett-Trubisky race. They say that all three are in it, but I really doubt that they give it to Rudolph. Uh, then now in Atlanta, you got Riddler and Mariota. Interesting situation. Uh, Ritter could be something. You know, he's got a high ceiling, but also a low floor. Not really sure what to expect from him, you know. He could be a buzz, and people wouldn't be surprised. Uh, but he could also come out and do something, and it might surprise a couple of people, but he's very athletic. I think he knows what he's doing. Um, but I I assume that they're going to give the job to Mariota to start veteran. He's been out there a few times for the Titans. He's backed up at the Raiders a couple of times, but he was still getting some playing time. And so I think just with that experience, they're probably going to give him the hand at least to start the season. Uh, Baker going down to the Panthers. I think Baker looked a lot better than he actually was playing for the Browns. Um, Good player in college, but I do not see him going down there and doing much. Also doesn't help. It's the Panthers. Not a very good situation. You know, they got a good running back, and that's about it. And I don't think they just added a good quarterback. So we'll see how that goes. Trey Lance, kind of surprising to me at least that the uh, 49ers just decided to give him the keys. I know that Jimmy Garoppolo is coming off the shoulder surgery, which is kind of concerning. Um, But, yeah, I I thought this might have been a little bit too premature. Uh, Whenever Lance got his opportunities last year, you could tell his arm just wasn't ready. It wasn't there. And maybe he's made some strides in the offseason and they saw something and didn't want to take the chance with Garoppolo coming off the shoulder surgery. So they decided to tell him that he can look for a trade and, it's going to be Lance's team. Um, 
but I don't know. I mean, it's it's tough. That's that's one of those teams that a lot of quarterbacks could probably hop in there and do okay because the way that they run their offense and the way that they play, I don't think it would be as complicated as as some other offenses and how they run them. But I do think that they might have pulled the plug a little bit too early on Garoppolo. Maybe give him one more season before you bring in Lance, but uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens over there. You know, this was a team that almost made the Super Bowl again. Honestly, they they probably could have, but didn't work out. And uh, they dropped. They decided to drop the keys with their quarterback and move on to the young cat. We'll see how that works out. Lock, Drew Lock, Geno Smith. Um, I'm glad. I'm glad. I'm glad it's not the Patriots that have to decide between those two because. Ugh. Yeah, both have experience. Locks a little bit younger. Uh, I don't think Gino's very old though. It's not like he's a old fart out there trying to play still. I think they have an even chance of getting this starting role. But like I said, I don't want my team to be the one uh, having to make that decision because not the best choices there, in my opinion. And then uh, finally, Carson Wentz going to. The now Washington Commanders. Don't you dare say Redskin. You kidding me? Disrespect. <laughs> but yeah. Um, I think this is a good fit. I think it's a good pickup for Washington. I think Wentz is a decent quarterback. I think he gets um, a little bit too much heat for the stuff that he has had to endure. You know, he's not great. I'll admit that. But I do think that he's a little bit better than what people portray him to be. And um, I don't know. They're one of those teams that isn't going to be good. I'm not saying they're making the playoffs. But they're dangerous. I wouldn't want to play them. You know? I don't know if the Patriots have them on their schedule. But that would be a game that I go into thinking, oh, yeah, we should beat them. And then, you know, you might get disappointed and then you're pissed. But... Yeah, I think that's a good fit for him. I think it's a good pickup by the Commanders. And uh, maybe we'll see Terry McLaurin do a little bit more, huh? I think he's a great, great talent and hasn't necessarily had the best quarterbacks to throw to him. And this will probably be the best quarterback that he's he's ever had. Not necessarily a great one, but someone who's got an arm. And so we'll see how that works out. And now I'm going to give three Super Bowl picks for this upcoming season. Very early, but I love doing the future picks, you know. Um, Then I'll give a prediction for my Patriots, and we'll be ending the show after that. I'm going to give two picks that are considered quote-unquote favorites, and then I'm going to do a dark horse for the Super Bowl. So the most, most likely team, the favorite, the Buffalo Bills. Uh, that's going to be my first pick. This team, I think, has been close to coming over that edge the past couple of seasons. I think Josh Allen finally takes that next step, uh, finally gets his foot in the door for a Super Bowl. It's really hard to take any AFC team because the AFC is just so stacked this year. Just so stacked. It will be so fun watching the AFC playoffs, watching these great, great quarterbacks go head head to head. You know, I'm sure he's going to have to go through Mahomes. Might have to go through Lamar. I mean, there's a lot of a lot of people that he might have to go through. Um, 
but Josh Allen, I think, is just elite. He's my, he's my MVP pick for the year. The the way that he can throw that thing and use his feet. Uh, great players around him. Great coaching around him. A good good defense. They're gonna be great on both sides of the ball. I like them to win it. Um, and then another quote unquote favorite is the Rams. I mean, it's hard not to choose them to run it back. They. They know what they're doing over there. Great, great organization. Stafford can show what he does when he's with a better organization than the Lions and has better players than what the Lions had to offer him. And so I, I it's hard not to pick them to go back. It's very hard to go back to back in the NFL. But out of all the favorites, that's another one. Uh, I wanted to lean towards the Chiefs. I wanted to say the Chiefs. But without Tyreek, I think it might be a little bit bigger of a struggle than they think that they anticipate. He opens up the offense so much, and without him, it might be a little bit more of a struggle. But um, I don't know. They could also get in there, too. As far as the dark horse, uh, I didn't want to pick any team that is in the top 10 as far as uh, Vegas odds. So I chose a team outside of the top 10. And the team that stuck out to me the most outside of the top 10, what I consider a dark horse, quote-unquote, or an underdog to win it, would be the Arizona Cardinals, actually. Uh, I know they got some problems going on with the contract situation and Kyler Murray, um, but I think they got that figured out. I think that they're going to be a very good football team. I do think that they make the playoffs. I don't think that they'll win it, but... At the odds that they are being offered for, if I was going to throw a small little bet on any team to win it all, I think they have some good value there. But I don't think that they'll actually win it. That's just kind of my dark horse. Uh, Prediction for the Patriots and how I think they're going to do this year. My team, Mac Jones, Mac and Cheese, the man. I think he's going to have a very good second season. Uh, Maybe not, you know, blow up the stat sheets, but I think... Overall, will be good. I'm hoping to make it in the playoffs as a wild card. I don't expect us to win our division. Like I just said, I have the Bills winning it all, who's in our division. So I don't think we're going to win our division. I do think we could get second place and hopefully a wild card. Uh, We'll probably be fighting with the Dolphins because it sounds like they've had a good camp. They've added a lot of pieces, uh, especially Tyreek Hill, one of the best pieces that was available during this offseason. And uh, I think they're going to get better they're going to be improved I do think that we will still beat them out for a second in that division but that will be close um our schedule starts out with them very first game which makes me nervous because the Dolphins always seem to have our number when we get upset in moments that we don't need an upset it does seem to be them a lot of times which kind of sucks followed by the Steelers who I'm hoping we can beat they're going to be coming into their second game of the season with a new quarterback the quarterbacks that they have available I'm not scared of Ravens after that, probably lose that game. Lamar's a beast. He'll tear us up. Packers after that, probably lose that as well. Aaron Rodgers, Mac Jones, come on. Who's going to win that matchup? Um, I don't know. Maybe we get lucky if we're at home. Doubt it, though. Lions after that, hoping we can win that game. Uh, team was trash last year. Oh, and 16-1. and one. So I'd be very disappointed to lose that. Browns after that. Hopefully we can win that as well. That's the last game before Deshaun is coming back. So uh, that would be five, six games into the season. 
I'm honestly hoping that we are 4-2, and two, um, which would be a very good start, but looking at the schedule and the teams that we got early on, it's very possible. And then I'm going to go even deeper to say that we would probably, at least I hope, beat both the Bears and the Jets. Uh, Justin Fields could definitely come back and have a great, great season, but they had a lot of problems last year. I'm hoping that they don't have that figured out by week seven and we can go in and beat them. And then the Jets, I'm hoping to beat both times that we play them this year. Uh, after the Jets comes the Colts. That could be a very interesting, very close game. I think we have pretty similar teams, play styles. They got Mac, or not Mac, we got Mac Jones. They got Matt Ryan. And uh, he's a good quarterback. I I think that he could uh, keep him around 500 this year. And I think that's where we're going to be about. So I think that could be a good game. But thinking on the bright side, I'm hoping we can win that. Then we have the Jets again, hoping to win that. Which means at this point, we would be 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10 weeks into the season. And uh, I only think we're going to be maybe two or three losses. So looking at 7 and 3, um, hoping. But that's also best case scenario coming from a coming from a Patriots fan who's very hopeful about the season. Vikings after that. Um, Vikings, another dark horse. I didn't choose them as my dark horse, but... I think this team is going to have a very good year. Uh, they lost a lot, a lot of games last year that were very, very close within a touchdown. Some of them just a couple of points. Some of them very, very bad plays where they should have won and just choked. And I think if they can get that flipped around and hopefully with this new coach, I think that they're going to be a very good team as well. Watch out for the Vikings. Bills after that probably lose that as well. Uh, Cardinals after that, wouldn't be surprised if we lost that. Raiders after that, I think we could beat the Raiders. But that's also another game that could be very close. Derek Carr knows what he's doing over there, man. Underrated quarterback in my book. Bengals after that, another close game. Bengals did have a great, great Super Bowl run. But I do think um, they will come back down to earth a little bit this next season. Um, they just got hot at the right time. I wouldn't necessarily even pick them to be a top five team in the AFC after just making the Super Bowl, which is kind of surprising. But that one could also be a close game. Um, let's just assume that we lose that. Go on to the Dolphins. Maybe we split one and one with the Dolphins. So we'll give them that one. We lose that one. Then the Bills at the end of the year lose that as well. Um, even with that, I mean, that's still only eight losses, you know? So we're looking at a 9-8 and eight season is what I'm going to go ahead and say my prediction is for my Patriots. Um, uh, I I could maybe see us going like 10-7 and seven at the best. I don't think it gets any better than that, though. And on the low end, I wouldn't be surprised if we went 8-9, and nine, maybe 7-10. and 10. I don't I don't know if we go that low of seven and ten. I do I do have high hopes for this team. We got a lot of good players on both sides of the ball. I think Mac is gonna make an advancement. So I think more most likely we're looking at nine and eight. That's gonna be my prediction for my Patriots as Oka Benir. All right, and we will go ahead and wrap it up there. Talked about everything I wanted to talk about. Um not as long of an episode as I planned for my episodes to be. 
but that's because I didn't have a guest. Like I said, I wanted to try this out solo for a couple of times. I do have some guests lined up um, to come on the show, and so hopefully next time I got a guest for you guys. Um, I hope you enjoyed it, and thanks for listening.